Hello, and welcome to episode 62 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And if we sound a little different, it's because... It's because the world's on fire. And we've decided to stay inside. Yep. So I am at my house, and Brian's at his house, and this is our first time trying to record remotely from like a mile down the road. Yeah, we uh, have... (laughs) The levels look good. So hopefully yeah. it sounds good when you guys are listening to it. Hopefully. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. So we've kind of got some topical, the world is ending news to talk about. We're going to uh, talk about some finance stuff, some new products that hit the stores or will be hitting stores soon. Yep. We had a real quick listener question that I wanted to address. We got a little bit of arena stuff to talk about going to kind of be another episode kind of like last week where it's just a little bit of everything the potpourri yeah. episode magic seems kind of on the back burner with everything else that's going on i'm sure it is for a lot of people but that doesn't mean that we don't have a show to put out this is true this is true yep so if you want to uh, tweet at us you can uh, get at us at casual tripod i sent out some a plus content today <laughs> yeah i saw your tweet very yeah. nice very nice there's a, if you there's want a to, oh, five minute long video that I sent students that's in that vein. Oh, fantastic. I got to see that video. Yeah, I can make that happen. Yeah, I think I only saw the clip. I'd that's be interested in seeing the rest of the video. Clip. Oh, there's a, it's a five minute video of me in full, full <laughs> PPE. All right. Fantastic. So you should post it on our Facebook, Casual Try Hard MTG. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can hit us in either of those places. You can also find or send us an email at show at casual tryhard. We're always looking for ideas for episodes. Sorry, these last couple have been kind of all over the place. Hopefully, we'll be uh, back to normal soon. We have a couple Patreons new this week. Uh, Jason and Brady, thank you very, very much for helping to support the show a little bit. Yes, thank you. Um, we have a special segment that is a question both of you asked. So I don't mind going over that at all. There we go. I'm going to talk about our affiliate link really quick, uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. If you are ordering singles online, we would super appreciate it if you use that link first. Um, would let us get a small percentage of whatever you spend. However, that's going to lead us into our first topic, the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, it has pretty much put a halt on all paper magic everywhere. Yes, and all things magic is not happening unless it's online. Yeah, so that means that your local game store will probably be in trouble. If you have the option to buy something from your local store instead of ordering it online, and you're able to do so without too much risk to yourself or others, I highly recommend you, even if it's a dollar or two more, go support your local game store. Because yeah. I'm fairly certain the majority of local game stores are not going to survive a summer with no customers. Yeah, and this could be something that goes for a while. Yeah, I mean, they're talking eight weeks at this point, I think. Yeah, eight weeks. And as you guys know, I'm a university professor. And yeah. they've started saying, like, you might need to plan to have your summer classes, which start in June, online. Yeah. So that's uh, not good. Yep. I will take another second here to, I'm sure everybody is super sick of hearing this, but this is your reminder to take care of yourself and make sure you're trying to limit your exposure to other people, especially high-risk people, grandparents, parents, what have you. 
try and stop the spread of this thing. Yeah. I know our local game store just put out a statement today saying that uh, they're not going to be holding any more events until further notice. Like, no, right now, if anybody listened to Trump press conference today, uh, he said, keep your gap people. Well, I mean, Th- that an was- eight-man tournament with two employees is 10 people. So Yeah, keep, keep it under 10. We are yeah. we are sorry for the uh, audio issues that we will be you'll be experiencing. Oh yeah, was that an audio issue right there? Yeah, you you went robot and it cut out the ten. Oh, fantastic! So okay, this will be fun. Sorry, I, everybody. I got you. I got you. It's it's yep. all right. So on top of local game stores being closed, they have also canceled every Magic Fest up through at least Charlotte. I don't know if there were any after Charlotte that got canceled. Charlotte's like the first week of May. They canceled, yeah, they've canceled everything. Charlotte was supposed to be a players tour also. Yeah, they haven't said what they're going to do about the players tour. Uh, Yoman5 on Twitter today was talking about how he was going to bail on the PTQ it was yeah. this weekend. He was like, no, I don't feel like being there. Like People are trying to still run events, but limit yeah. the number of players and whatnot. And it just doesn't seem No, safe. that's not a great idea, yeah. I don't think that's really in anybody's best interest. Real quick, one thing to piggyback on top of uh, supporting your local game store is like there's probably not going to be a whole lot of Paper Magic being played in the foreseeable future. Yeah. I don't think Paper Magic will ever die, so I don't think you have to worry about that. Um, I'm sure once this is all done, people will get their cardboard back out and start throwing it at each other. But over these next few weeks months whatever it might be a decent time to pick up some staples like if you're trying to get into either pioneer or modern or whatever with no paper magic being played prices are going to tank yeah i mean and this is going to be sad people are going to be looking to move cards because you got to pay rent. work yeah right so if you're in a situation where you can buy low mm-hmm. it's not great to, to right. be thinking that way but it's the truth. People are going to be getting off of stuff because we've mm-hmm. got a car payment to make. Right. So, yeah, it's something that I, I'll keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm still working. They have not, they have told us that they're taking our temperature twice a day now, but they have not sent anybody home yet. So, uh, like I said, they've locked down campus starting next Monday. If you're not deemed essential personnel, they're not going to let you on campus. Yeah, and I'm recording lectures, so I'm not going to be like at work, work for a while. How do you handle like your testing and stuff? Like, do you have a program online that can do like your uh, exams or? Yeah, like the like we have like a an online course like things. Some people use Blackboard. We have Moodle, and it will make quizzes for you. But I've never given like an organic exam unproctored online. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, cool. And I've still <laughs> got to figure out like I'm going to try to do like office hours like do uh like you know some sort of like meeting software to do office hours or whatever yeah so, that's weird yeah that is weird. all the weird stuff to think about that you never had to think about before yeah i know it's like oh i'm gonna do office hours remotely cool yeah very strange yes anything else you want to talk about with coronavirus did you already say uh play a board game i didn't that's where i was gonna end this segment with so if you don't have anything else Everybody is going to be stuck at home for quite a while, by choice or not. If everything's just closed, you don't have anything else to do. Another way that you can help your local game store out a little bit is uh, check out a board game. There's a ton of really good ones. 
if you can get, you know, your family together or, you know, a couple friends, you know, or reasonably safe, try a board game out. There's a lot of really good ones. If uh, anybody needs a recommendation, get at me anywhere on social media and uh, I can certainly recommend some good ones. Yeah, he does have a large collection of board games at his home. He is he is a, a, yep. a master of the board game. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a master, but I play quite a few, and I usually play board games a night or two a week down at the game store too, so I've played a bunch. Yeah, more than I have, but that yep. might change. I might have to get into some board games now. Yeah, there you go. So Something new to pass the time. The big product news yeah. out of uh, Magic this week a new secret layer. Yeah. Se- I guess uh Tolerian Community College announced it, right? Yeah. Secret layer ultimate edition. Ultimate edition. But let's just be real. Secret layer enemy fetch lamps. Yeah, did you see the size of the box this thing comes in? It's giant for five cards. Yeah, but you can display them. Sure. Or so, you could play with them. Yeah, cuz you're buying them to display. Right, yeah. It's one of each of the five enemy fetch lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the ones from Zendikar. Ones from Zendikar. Yep. And they're non-foil. Yep. They come in a beautiful display box. Sure. With some beautiful art. Yeah. Did you look at the art on these things? Yeah, it's very good. And it's art yeah. from one of five planes. So like Lorwyn, yeah, Dominaria. They tied each of them to a plane. Yeah. Amonkhet. Ixalan. Yeah, and, and they're very pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to answer the question of increased supply. Well, this product is not going to. Um, I believe they announced that each WPN store that will be selling these um, will get 10. Roughly, yes. Yeah. You can only get them at WPN stores. So Amazon's not going to have them. Uh, Walmart, Target. Barnes and Nobles aren't going to have them. Um, has to be a WPN local game store. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they said each store gets ten. So you're definitely not going to be picking up multiple playsets, or multiple people in your store aren't going to be getting playsets. Yeah, there might be two people that plunk down all the money to get yeah. two playsets. Right. So the rough math is so as we know, Wizards no longer does MSRP. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's his name? Who was the guy that was talking to the professor? Uh, Blake. Blake Rasmussen, yep. right? Yep. He said that he sees these selling for north of what the com- was it Commander Anthology? Yeah, Commander Anthology. So selling for north of that, which was a hundred and sixty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah was- I, th- I think what he said was they would be. Priced around Commander Anthology, but with how few of them there are going to be, he expects the price to be driven up. Yeah. So I don't know if that means, you know, slightly more than 165 or if that means 200, 220, who knows. Yeah, I was thinking kind of around 200. Yeah, like probably. 200 price point, what is it like? 40 bucks buy, a piece. If you buy one of each of the fetch lands, yeah. it's like 280 right now. Yeah, something like that. So it is slightly cheaper than buying one of each of the fetch lands. Yep. They also talked about the uh, Chandra spellbook. Yes. In this announcement, did you catch any of the cards that were in this spellbook? I've seen four of them. 
Yeah, there's some good ones. Much better than uh, Gideon's spellbook. Three of which I remember. So there's Chandra, Tor- Torch of Defiance. Yep, the best Chandra. Past in Flames. Yep. Gamble, which the Gamble looks pretty pretty sick. Gamble looks awesome. Those were the three I could rem- I could remember. And I don't remember what the fourth one, one was. That I forget what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this looks good, and you know, yep. price point there is like twenty to thirty dollars on those. Yep. And you get eight Chandra themed cards plus a random foil. Yep. The uh, the Jace one I bought four of. Okay. Uh, the the Gideon one I did not buy any of. Yeah. And I will probably get four of this one. Yeah, no, this one looks good. Yep. Big fan. Oh, uh, cycling back, the mm-hmm. uh, another place to get the enemy fetch lands that are in this. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, secret layer is they are going to do another like super drop. Yeah. Like they did so, for the original release of the secret layers. Yeah. So the first one, the f- the very first drop they did, you could get all of the layers that were released like that week, right? So it was like seven of them. You could buy all together as a package. And then they did, you know, a drop a week after that and you could buy them individually. They're going to do the same thing again this summer where there's one big drop and then a whole bunch of little ones right afterwards. For everybody that orders the big drop, they're going to put a random secret lair enemy fetch in there as a bonus also, kind of like they did with the stained glass walkers. Yeah. So there'll be a few more of them floating around because of that. And that might be if you are... A few more. But if you're interested in getting those secret lairs... Yeah. right. If you really want like four of the five, it might be worth getting the fifth one. To get the fetch? To get the fetch. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of getting fetches, there was one more announcement in this uh, announcement video. Okay. Sometime later in this year, in a non-standard legal set, we're going to get fetches again. Yeah. Now, they didn't say what set it was in. I'm assuming, like, it almost has to be the commander draft set, right? I would think so, because yeah. they don't have enough um, commander decks, I think, scheduled for Zendikar to, like, yeah. put them in there. Well, no, because this... Like, Ikoria is going to have five commander decks, and I think the rest of them are only going to have two. Yeah, and they're not going to put, like, three fetches in one deck and yeah. two in another. So I, I think it almost has to be this draft set, unless there's some other product coming out, like, Christmas time. Yeah. Which but could be, but... This is good. I mean, if they're able to get the price of the fetches to, like, reasonable, mm-hmm. this would be a huge improvement. Yeah. I mean, they need to be like, that's the problem with playing modern or legacy is that, I mean, legacy has some other issues too, but like the price of your mana base is astronomical. Yeah. It's all, and it's all like the shocks have been reprinted like three times and they are like, you know, 10 to $15 unless yeah. you only can play blue and green cards in standard and then breeding pools are 23. <laughs> right. But then you go to modern and you're like, oh, ninety dollars scalding tarns. Yeah. Like even the bad fetch, even the bad fetch lands, even like uh, marsh flats is like thirty five dollars or something. Yep. And like that card's not played in anything. Mm, no. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. like Mardu Pyromancer's not really a thing anymore, I guess. Yeah, and but like it was like I'm gonna play four of this one fetch. 
yeah. four of I'm gonna play four uh bloodstained miners, four arid maces, and I'll guess I'll throw two marsh flats yeah. in here to yep. like finish out my mana base. Mm-hmm. So like it's the you know, it's just the one that never gets played. Yeah. I mean to be fair, that deck really wasn't white anyway. It wasn't. It was like lingering souls that you never cast the front end of. Yeah, it just is not a it's not a fetch lane that's desirable and it's still 30 or $35. So that's yep. a little crazy. Yep. So what do you think about like the future of specking on secret layers? Either like, I guess you could go two ways with this. What do you think about f- specking on like the secret layers themselves? And what do you think about specking in general, knowing that anything could become a secret layer at any time? I think that, the secret layer thing, uh, we talked about this before the start, is hard because mm-hmm. you don't know how many there are. Yeah. Right? So you bought a Thalia secret layer. Yep. I bought two. Mm-hmm. And my thought was I'll have one that I can like use and one that I can like hold on to. But yeah. you could order up to 15. Right. So how many people were just plunking down a bunch of money for 15? And driving up that price, or driving up the supply. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I think it like super depends on what's in the the secret layer. Like, I, I don't think people are really, you know, beating the doors down to get their hands on kitties. But like the bitter blossoms, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So I think it like it depends on the card and if the cards see play or not. Because a lot of the ones I've done so far have been either more casual focused or more like commander stuff and not really like competitive yeah, stuff yeah. that competitive players want. So I think it depends on the card, but it also really depends on the artwork too. Like I like old school magic art, like on my cards, I always kind of gravitate towards like first print runs, like yeah. old artwork, stuff like that. So like, Oh my God, kitties and explosion sounds like they don't really do it for me. Cause that's, not only not old magic, but it's like not even current magic art. It's kind yeah, of like, like a gimmick. Cartoony, yeah. Was not a fan of those ones. Yeah. So, I guess that's kind of weird though too, because I really do like the the stained glass planeswalkers. Yeah. And they're not old magic art or new magic art. They're just something unique that's not like kind of comic booky over the top. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the right way to put it. Yeah. So I think that going forward, like evaluating which ones of these have cards that people are going to want. Yeah. And like, I kind of thought of it kind of like the, um, from the vaults, Mm -hmm. all the, from the vaults, I think are worth more than you paid for them whenever you got them. All of them. I think like, is there like, I don't think annihilation is like cheap either. And that was, I was thinking angels. I thought angels was a bad one. Okay, let me see here. Let's ha- see how much from the Vault Angels is. But for the most part, they're worth more than what you paid for them. Yeah. And so I think this might be the same kind of thing, but or the amount more than you paid for them is going to... Going to vary. Vary kind of greatly based on the cards. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna add on to that for a second too because something else just popped into my mind. The Snow-Covered Lands from the original drop? Yeah. Um are very expensive right now because nobody wanted that drop. They just didn't make any of them. So from the Vault Angels on TCG Player, it just pops up uh, when you do a Google mm-hmm. search, $78. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. From the Vault Lore, $54. Okay. 
That's still more than what I paid for it. The Avacyn from from the Vault Angels is forty four dollars. Oh wow! Okay. So I think that it's just a question of kind of what's in the cards. Like from the Vault lore, is like a bunch Dark of stuff that's depths. not legal money. Yeah, Dark Depths in Jite. Yeah. Um, it also randomly had like an unmask and a memnarch, yeah. which see play in places. Yeah, it had like yeah, it had some random cards in it. Yeah. What about a transform? Is that one worth anything? Because that was the last one, right? With Flip Jace and Flip Lily and Delver Secrets. I'm trying to remember what else was in there. From the Vault transform, ninety one dollars. Oh wow! Okay. The median is eighty eight. Oh, all right. Well, um, that one did better than I thought. I'm assuming that Flip Jace is all of it. Yeah, maybe, probably. Yeah, it's forty four. Uh, Flip Jace is forty four. Yeah, so he's half the price of the whole thing. Yeah. All right. So that is probably where all that value is. Yep. So it only takes like one card. So yeah. like from the vault of uh, Secret Layer Thalia. Right. I'm really, I'm really asking for <laughs> death and taxes to do some things. Well, I mean, Thalia is playable. Like. If, if you ever want to play any sort of hate bears or like you said, death and taxes or like, I mean, she sees play. Yeah. But I think like for the most part, you could probably get some of these and be like, well, in a few years I could like double my money, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're going to make a killing. It's not like Purell in this market. True. I don't know. Like maybe the weird ones are the ones that you might make money on though. Like the ones that people don't want. Yeah, that then someone decides that they do want, like maybe like if no one wanted explosion noises, right? But those sounds, like yeah. those goblins all see play, like in you know EDH goblin decks or legacy goblins or whatever. Then, like maybe those ones become desirable. Yeah, I don't know. It's really strange. It's a weird product. I don't think anybody's really figured it out yet. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the secret layers do to specking in cards, like in general, in the future? I think it makes it hard mm-hmm. just because, uh, so Explosion Sounds is $44. Okay. I think it makes it hard because, you know, it gives them a way that they can randomly dump more supply in without having to, like, do a whole set. Yeah. And so, right, if something gets out of whack, it might be, you know, time to get off of it as opposed to being like, oh, this is going to keep going up. Like you always yeah. had the fear of them printing something, but some things are really hard to reprint in mm-hmm. an actual set. Yeah. I mean, like, you're not going to get a reprint of Reaper King anywhere. Yeah. Or even you know stuff I mean? like Through the Breach because it right. had uh, Arcane, because it had Arcane. Splice on it. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just a weird mechanic to mm-hmm. have to try to, like, fit put in, in somewhere. your set. And you're not, yeah. and it's, you know, and it's hard. They're resi- uh, reticent to be like, hey, let's just throw some random cards that have these off-the-wall mechanics that aren't going to be supported anywhere in this set. Yeah. But they could just easily be like, you know... Secret layer arcane spells. Yeah, secret layer sneak attacks. Yeah. And give you a perforos, a sneak attack, and a through the breach. Yeah, there you go. And you're like, okay, cool. There you go. I have mm-hmm. my sneak attacks now. Yeah, or I mean, at any card realistically, like insert any card here. If you know you're worried about hundred dollar euros and pioneer, 
you can get secret lair titans. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just here's a prime time and an euro. Right. And we're gonna Good charge luck, you, everybody. <laughs> gonna charge you forty dollars for it. Yeah. They are just straight printing money. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I, I think that was when I first posted this up in our uh, like team chat. I think that was the first thing I said was Wizards is just printing money now. Like yeah, they're literally printing $100 bills. Because people are going to buy this. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This will 100% sell out. If, they, if every LGS gets 10 of these, they will 100% sell out. There's yeah. m- more than 10 that like have buyers right now in our store. Yeah, there would be, I'm sure that they would, you know, plunk down $200 just for them right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I think that just not knowing the numbers, but mm-hmm. it seems like all of these are going to creep up in value. So if you yeah. are trying to like spec sealed mm-hmm. product, mm-hmm. you know, these probably aren't a bad place to do it, but it might hurt specking single cards because you, there's more volatility baked in now. Right. Because you're, you know, you can't be like, oh, hey, this card's not easily reprinted. It's like, well, no, they have this like other way to do it. Yeah. I can just put it somewhere without needing other cards to build around it in the set. Yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, specking on sealed product. Yes. I missed you this weekend, buddy. I I, I know. I was uh, trying to be socially responsible. Yeah. I was not. I was drafting mystery boosters as often as I could. Yes, I, I I hear that it there was a lot of them. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so much fun. This is probably the most fun I've ever had drafting in my life. Okay. This set, like all I all I want to do is draft this set. I don't even like want to play the games afterwards. I just want to draft it. Cool. I think there there were three drafts I did where I drafted, played like half of a game, and dropped and drafted again. Hmm. It was awesome. 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 So why is it so much fun? That's a really good question that I've been trying to figure out all weekend long. All right. So the first part of it is that there is serious value in this set. Like I know prices are tanking because there's been like a ton of it opened, but there are so many cards that either were expensive, are expensive, hard to find, like stores just don't have them. People just don't trade them. Like the thrill of opening the packs is certainly there. Okay. And then because of the way the breakdown of the pack works, you can have like multiple of them in a pack. So you have to kind of pick what you want to, like whether you want to build your deck or take something that maybe not be good in your deck, but that is really hard to find, or maybe take something that's hard to find over an expensive card. And I know that's not how you're normally supposed to draft, but it kind of adds like an additional wrinkle, like on top of value drafting, which is kind of weird. But also this set is incredibly well engineered. Like the archetypes, I've seen archetypes like go around the table in like two packs. I, I like pass a pack twice and you'll see like an archetype in there that I didn't even realize was in this set. The last one I did, I uh, pack one, pick one, a foil-bladed agent because the only ones I'd ever seen Cameron had, and they were like a $40 foil. <gasps> you know what I just so, realized? What's that? I bet you you can silver boil, uh, border a foil mystery oh, booster probably. blighted agent. Probably can. Oh, there we go. Yeah, get Cameron on the horn. 
so my pack one pick one was the bladed agent i'm like oh you know even if this doesn't go in my deck like this is a cool card that i kind of want to have and then i got past a slither blade and i was like oh this could be an archetype so i picked uh whatever that kicker like plus two plus two pump spell was from dominaria it's a gift of strength yeah i think so i picked one of them I picked like four different pump spells. I ended up with like a precursor golem so that my pump spells hit like all my golems. I ended up with like a clone variant so I could clone my precursor golem. It was like a whole archetype that like just looking at the set file, you'd never even know was in there. And there's so many of them. Like there's Kiki combo. Like if you get a Kiki Jiki, there's like four or five creatures in this set that combo with Kiki Jiki. Like, what kind of draft set are you ever going to have that experience in? Yeah, and since everything's effectively the same rarity, right? it makes it so those things come together more. Mm-hmm, and it certainly happens. Did you get kikied? No, no, it was just something that, like, I had noticed going around the table. Um, um, there's also, like, Leveler Lab Man. Ooh. That was in my last pod, the very last draft I did. Somebody got Leveler Lab Man. So you get nice. to play, you know, Inverter of Truth in draft. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just mana. so cool to well, right, but yeah. it's so cool to see like the archetypes come together out of these completely random packs that like if you're just looking at a set file, there's no way they're gonna jump out at you. I mean I had someone play spider spotting against me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When we were in uh Richmond, right? Yeah, they just had like, I was like, oh, wow, this is all here. All this graveyard stuff is here. Yep. Like four-color spider spawning. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't think I saw a single spider spawning all weekend, now, yeah. that you, now that you say that. Yeah, I definitely got spider spawning. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it makes sense, right? There's 700 cards in the pack, in, in the set. Like, you might not see a card for, right. you know, five drafts or whatever. Yeah. It also makes it really hard to sort. Yes, I don't know how, yeah. like, I have mine from Richmond. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. Yeah, well, I, I have quite a bit now because I drafted a lot, like, a lot. And I have probably a long box full, but they're all different. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to really sort them. Yeah, I mean, alphabetically, but it's like I have one of every card. <laughs> yeah. Have, have, there's, like, no doubles. I thought you so. got two Grave Titans. Yeah, I, I got two Grave Titans. I mean, yeah, and there's like some... Oh, yeah, I got two Grave Titans. I also got two Approach of the Second Sons in one draft. So you had a double Grave Triton draft, and then you had a double Approach draft. Back to back, yep. Yeah, I had a double Approach draft in day two of a GP. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, that was definitely not a James deck. The Approach deck? Yeah, <laughs> not at all. It was all of the counter spells and all of the white removal and Approach. Did you Times get there? Two. Yeah, I got there. It, I, I mean, I played around and then I said, I had enough of this. Let's draft again. So I did. There you go. <laughs> but uh, like piggybacking on what we were just talking about, though, I definitely think that if you are interested in specking on some sealed product, I think that this thing's going to age really well. Guess how um, much the boxes are right now? 100 bucks. 160. What? I went on TCG Player because you were talking about how great it was, and I was like, hey, yeah. maybe I'll buy a box. Yeah. The market price for a box right now is $157.91. Wow. 
The cheapest box well, on there right now is 160. All right, so maybe don't buy some right now. Wizards did say this is an unlimited print run. I don't know how coronavirus is going to affect that because if there's nobody holding events, there's not going to be product being ordered, which is probably not going to make them print more. But this is supposed to be an unlimited print run. So like once it's been out for a couple of weeks, that price should come down to, I'd say, right around 100, 110 bucks. This is a crazy price. Yeah, that's a crazy price. I did. Yeah. Nice. I'm just going to sit it on my shelf and wait for the money to roll in three, four years from now because this set is that good. And like, especially mystery boosters, I mean, it goes true for any kind of sealed product that you can't uncrack a box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you, if you crack a box at release for singles to fill out your play sets, to play your standard deck, to sell off, whatever you're going to do with them, you can't ever put that back into packs, back into a box. Like it, it only goes one way. So for something that's meant to draft that really the enjoyment out of it, like the singles prices have been driven down substantially, like a third of what they were at release after two days. So the value is not super in the singles prices. It's in the experience of drafting it. And that's like, that's kind of what this set has going for it. So I think that if you, uh, if you can afford to sit on a couple boxes of this, you'll be in pretty good shape in a couple of years. Yeah. I agree. I think that they're definitely um, onto something here. Like this could be something that just stays in print for a really long time. Like how long was the first conspiracy in print? Uh, yeah, a long time. Eighteen months, maybe. Yeah, like this could just be something that like you go into your F and M, and there are like four people like badgering everyone to do a mystery booster draft mm-hmm. for the next six months. Right. Also, somebody, I forget who it was, somebody at the store when I was drafting this weekend made a mention of, you know, and something that they might be able to do in the future with this product is like never actually get rid of it. But because of the way that the packs are constructed, you could like rotate out complete sheets. Yeah, you could just every couple years just like like run it for a year mm-hmm. and then... Next. change half the sheets or yeah. change three sheets or whatever and then run it some more and then yeah. change three more sheets out yeah change the you could change like the rare sheet mm-hmm. or one of the like the after m15 rare sheet right add better rares or different rares mm-hmm. and there you go you have a different experience if you change yep. change up the foil sheet i mean even the common like there's a lot of money in the common slot too like demonic tutor is thirty dollars and is on the uncommon black sheet oh wow yeah so you can have a pack that's like demonic tutor foil send triplets mana crypt my some old bordered card and you can get like a you know a three hundred dollar pack yeah and you immediately drop from your draft you're like i'm not passing this pack yeah 100 percent. but yeah i mean they could switch some of that stuff out so that like it's still fresh and that would I don't know, that'd be kind of a neat thing that they could do where the product doesn't ever really change, but it does. Yeah, where they're just slowly changing things because mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they could make small tweaks and take out an archetype per yeah. se. Or put in another archetype. Yeah, by just making some small changes. Yeah, I think that like when this product was first announced and when it was first put into people's hands, people immediately went to Chaos Draft 
And this is actually a lot closer to cube than it is chaos draft. If you're chaos drafting, you're never going to have an archetype. Yeah, and, you're, you're just like power and toughness, attack and block. Yeah, like this absolutely has archetypes, like 100%. Even if they're a little light because there's a ton of different ones, there are certainly archetypes that you can get into. And there's a lot of cards that overlap in the archetypes too. Yeah. So... So no, this is this is a unique product. It'll probably be around for a while, coronavirus so. notwithstanding. Yeah, I hope that a lot, like not just wizards, but a lot of companies have a grasp on what like this coronavirus means for everybody and their products and their services and their you know hitting their numbers and all of the things that are kind of secondary, and they take that into account when planning in the future because it'd be a real shame if. You know, lots of really good things got scrapped because of it. Yeah, like, oh, Mystery Boosters didn't sell well at stores. Let's not do this again. Right, that would be a tragedy. That for six weeks, people weren't allowed to fire eight-man pods. Right. Yeah, this is definitely, though, not a set that you buy a box of and just open. Like, don't, don't do that. No, please don't do that. I have seen some really great boxes be opened. And I've seen some really bad boxes be opened. Our local game store got 30 boxes in on Wednesday, I guess. And there was less than a box left on Sunday. They and did I a, think a 7 p.m. draft Sunday night. Yeah. And that was the last of it. So we did one on Sunday. I think we did four or five on Saturday, one on Friday. But the one on Friday was a two-box draft. So maybe we drafted, like on the high end, eight or ten boxes, which means 20 people bought boxes and cracked them. Ooh. Yeah. And like I said, there were some really good ones. I saw, I think, Juan opened one and got two mana crypts in a box. Yeah. And somebody else opened one and got two mana crypts in a box. But yeah, there were some real stinkers in there, too. Anthony's box. Anthony cracked a box for the store, and he did not make his money back even at cost. Oh, geez. Yeah. And that was like Friday prices when everything, or that was Wednesday prices when everything was super inflated. Yeah. Because there's 1,800 cards or whatever there is. Variance is a, she's a cruel mistress. Yeah, there's, you can just be all over the place. So if you can get your hands on mystery booster boxes for Mm -hmm. less than, you'd say 120. Yeah, I'd say like 100 bucks, 110 bucks. Um, I think our store is selling them for 110. I believe every single box that he has on order is spoken for at this point. So I don't know if he's going to have any left over to go around. But like I said, it's supposed to be an limited print run, and it's selling. So I don't know why he's not going to order more. I don't know why other game stores wouldn't order more. People still want it. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can get them for like 100, 110, I would say scoop them up. I would. Like at, at a later point in time, you know, years down the road, if this product doesn't exist anymore, remembering how much fun I had, I would absolutely drop down, you know, 50 bucks or whatever to draft this again. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah, I would have I would have liked to do it this weekend. Like I was I was really close. I hemmed and hot about like leaving and I was like, no, I yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got other reasons to not do it, too, but yeah, we'll get one in at some point. Like I said, I, I got a case that I'm going to hang on to, so. If it comes down to it, we can crack a box there and draft it. That's why I looked up how much they were, because I was like, I could just buy a box. And I was like, 160 bucks. And they're only 24 packs. 
Yeah, the, yeah, it's all a box is enough for a draft. Yeah, so it's a little bit smaller. So that hundred and sixty dollar price tag is like seven dollars a pack. Yep, which is a lot. It is a lot. All right, so we have patrons, and now we they're do. Asking Thank us you stuff. very very much. Yeah, it was kind of weird. They both asked the same exact question. Okay. They're looking for ideas for decks that don't break the bank. So the kind of the stock answer is usually monocolored decks, monocolored aggressive decks Mm -hmm. are usually the first place to start now. Yeah, mono red, mono white are almost always the cheapest. Now with both of those decks kind of leaning pretty heavily on a mythic, like mm-hmm. Ember Cleave and Heliod, right? Could kind of change that a little bit. No, I think I think Mono Red's still like probably close to the cheapest deck in the format, if not the cheapest deck in the format. Yeah, because Ember Cleaves were at like twenty plus dollars mm-hmm. a piece, but with them being in the Challenger decks, that should come down. Yeah, and the entire rest of the deck is pretty inexpensive. So yeah, so the Ember Cleaves are kind of important, so you probably can't like budget cut there. But you could probably get away, like if you were trying to save a couple bucks, you could probably get away from like the robber or the wretch and play something else there instead. Yeah. They're a little bit less important. For sure. Like I've been playing it on Arena and I don't play robber or the rich. I just play four slang fires. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, you're at four, kill you. So. Yep. Another thing about standard is that right now is probably the most expensive standard is going to be for the foreseeable future and right now is also the cheapest standard has been for years and that's because of collector boosters we got collector boosters with Eldraine and we got them with Throne and we know they're coming back for Ikoria and I believe we know they're coming back for Zendikar and they are driving the price of standard cards way down way way down yeah I think we talked about this before Thassa's Oracles are like three or four dollars you can get foils for six bucks yeah, for a rare that is played everywhere. Yeah, in every format. And then, like, I got Oxus of Agonis because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like, this is a dredge card. I want I want to have it in foil. And I was like, all right, this is going to be, like, $15, $20 a piece. Five. Yep. Five or $6. Yeah, Makes I mean, two no years sense. ago, they would have been 25 bucks a piece. Yeah. So like, the collect- I'm from a current set that sees play in one deck in an older format is absolutely 25 30 bucks. Yeah. Now, there are some cards that are still holding to that, like, I guess, Kroxa, but Kroxa's seeing a little bit more widespread play. Yeah, Uro, too. Yeah, Uro is... I don't know how much foil Uros are now. I think non-foil ones are around 40. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know how much the foil ones are. He's he's up there. He has climbed. Yeah, but, I mean, that is a card that is... that's, like, played across multiple formats. Every single format sees play in standard, pioneer, modern, legacy, commander. I don't. I guess I don't know if he sees play in vintage, but he sees play in every single format. Yeah, so he is basically forty, and then like forty-seven for the foil. Oh wow! Yeah, so there's it's weird a- that the foils aren't any more expensive. I guess everybody wants the box topper ones. I guess like the super fancy ones. Like that's where I had seen when I was looking yeah. at oxes. Mm-hmm. The oxes were the full art ones were thirty dollars, while the mm-hmm. while the regular ones were not still cheap. Yeah, they're still cheap. Yeah, yeah. So. so I guess like with the exception of the titans that are 
you know, multi-format all-stars. Like, the price of everything else is super cheap right now. And there's, like, tons of decks that you can play without the Titans. You know what I mean? There's Fires, Mono Red. What else is out there? There's Mono White, White, if that's your jam. Yeah, Mono White. I don't White. know. Bant, though, the mana base starts to get pricey there. Cause the yeah, like, deck. Bant still plays Uro, don't they? I guess they do, yeah. Like, Blue White Control, you yeah. monsters. But I think, like, your, like, absolute, like, budget decks are going to be the monocolored aggressive decks because you don't have to put any money in your mana base. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess my point in talking about this from the collector booster point of view was that I think there's going to be a little bit less of a differentiation between, like, the budget the budget decks or, you know, air quote budget decks and, you know, a tiered deck just because of how like the collector boosters are affecting the market. Like, sure. You're, you're always going to have that one deck that's just like pile of mythics and it's very expensive, but short of that, like the price difference between, you know, fires and mono red, I don't think is a ton. I mean, I guess Teferi makes it up there, but Ember Cleaves are expensive too. So like, I I don't know if we're going to have true budget decks anymore. Like, we used to just have decks that were, oh, you're playing the budget deck, you know what I mean? And I yeah. don't know if that's really going to be, like, the correct way to look at things going forward because of the collector boosters. All right, so I went to I went to Goldfish okay. so we could, so could kind of answer this. So I think we have to be mindful of the fact that, I guess we don't know what their version of budget is. Like, we're coming at this from, like, magic budget. That's true. We're, yeah. And we're remembering the, like, $1,000 standard decks of... Uh, Fetch land Jason mana bases Prodigy. in Jason yeah. Prodigy. So mono red aggro according to Goldfish is 150 bucks. Okay. Team Rare Adventures is 330. Okay. Bant Ramp is 600. Okay. And then you got like Rakdos Aristocrats is 200. Fires mm-hmm. is 400. Jund Food is 300. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Saltai Midrange, another, like, pile of Mythic deck is 550. Mm-hmm. Uh, Team Wreck is 460. And then Blue Light mm-hmm. Control is 220. Oh, wow. That deck's actually a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Mono Red Cavalcade, mm-hmm. which doesn't play the... Um, Embercleave. Embercleave is $73. Wow, that's super cheap. And then the, you go to their budget deck. You have Bant Ramp, or Bant Midrange... Uh, Gosh, I can't read. Bant Rampage, <laughs> which I don't know okay. what this is. It's $100. Gruel yeah. Sneak Attack, which is Perforos and Razebore, is $87. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Annex Cleave is uh, $106. How is that different than Mono Red? I don't know. Well, yeah. you know what it probably is? Mono Red has a picture of Robber of the Rich. And oh, okay. This has <laughs> and a picture Hex of doesn't. Yeah, this one has a picture of light of the stage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but even like uh, Rakdos croaks a discard is a hundred dollars. Wow. So, okay. So if you go to like Goldfish, they're gonna give you the budget options that are like you know they're gonna have their budget section which is under a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the cards are gonna be commons and uncommons that you probably already have so you would be putting that much into the deck right as opposed to you know you know even even like teamer adventures 
is probably a bunch of mythics that you're gonna have to put a lot of lot more money into because like brazen borrowers are like 15 or 20 dollars a piece yeah i got maybe it's just a way for me to like rationalize me spending money on pretty cardboard but that's one of the ways that like i don't feel so bad buying into like a little bit more expensive standard deck is a lot of times like maybe the whole deck doesn't but the expensive cards at least will carry over to other formats yeah and either like help get me started in those formats or help me get better at those formats or build a brand new deck entirely you know what i mean like brazen borrower sees play everywhere same thing like there's always some random black or green you know mythic that sees play in jund or sultai or something yeah so like if you want your like i mean we're going real deep here uh, yeah, mono red sacrifice forty six dollars. I have no idea what that is. It's forty six dollars. Yeah, Orzov Oras, one person played it, sixty nine dollars. The nice. deck's kind of sweet though. Yeah, you know if you like, you can set what your budget is, and you can find something. Especially yeah. if you go to like Goldfish, you can find that like sweet spot of, hey, I want to spend like a hundred dollars on my standard deck, mm-hmm. and you can find. Uh, a deck to play yeah find something that's not going to break your bank and probably still win some you know what i mean yeah especially like in standard you spend so much time like you only have a deck for like three months before things change yeah so if you only want to if you're like hey i'm going to spend a hundred dollars and then play this for the next eight weeks like Mm -hmm. i think that's a fine use of money but i can see where like hey i'm going to spend three hundred dollars and then like that can be a lot harder to do Mm mm-hmm I don't know. I mean, I've been playing, I've been back to the game for six-ish years now. And I know that not everybody is as fortunate as I am, you know, to have a decent job and, you know, whatever that I have some disposable income I can blow on pretty cardboard. But I've kind of grown to appreciate the way that, like, I approach new sets as well as, you know, sell stuff off once a year and kind of keep it rolling. Like, once you get into the cycle it doesn't feel as bad buying into a new standard deck. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've talked about this before back when we were doing our finance episodes, like after you've been in the game for a while and you've been through, you know, a rotation and been through three or four pre-releases, like you're, you're paying the money for pre-release to have a good time at that time and to potentially win a couple packs. But while you're doing that, you're filling out your play sets of stuff so that when you go to build your decks, hopefully you don't have to buy a ton. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it kind of gets easier the longer you go. I mean, usually at each rotation, I'm able to get, you know, two to four hundred dollars worth of uh, store credit to turn into new cards. And mm-hmm. that's kind of getting my the money I spent on my boxes back. Right. And you got to play with your cards for a year. Yeah. So the, two years or whatever. The other possibility is uh, for kind of budget standard decks are the challenger decks. Yeah, that's a great budget option. Yeah, they're um, going to be I don't think they did they actually announce the pricing? Not that I've seen, but they were like $30 last time, right? Yeah, I want to say they were around 30 bucks. And um, there's no there's no MSRP anymore, so I don't know if they're actually going to announce pricing or not. Your mileage may vary there. Yeah. But you you are going to be able to get, you know, a reasonable standard deck mm-hmm. for $30. Mm-hmm. Or a jumping off point so that if you want to build mono red, you can spend $30 and get an Ember Cleave and all the other cards. 
Right. And then kind of fill in the other cards that you want and keep the, your price down as you add things to it. I also believe these challenger decks are slated to come out like in a couple weeks, like sometime like first or second week of April. I thought I saw somewhere. That sounds about right. So they should be coming out pretty soon. But again, we got the the Corona plague. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much time people are going to be spending at their LGS anyway coming up. So a well, it's like a full playset of them mm-hmm. are selling for around a hundred dollars. For one of each. For one of each. Yeah. Full playset. Uh, yeah, one of each one is. Yeah. Around a hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So it'll probably be around thirty bucks a piece when they're at your store. I would guess. Yeah. So that's not bad. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, they are a really good, cheap way to get into Standard. Um, you can check out our episode, was it two episodes ago or three episodes ago, where we completely went over all of the Challenger decks, kind of how they all operated. We talked about upgrading them a little bit. You can either check out our episode. I'm pretty sure it was episode 60, so like two episodes ago. Or if you go to Myrtle Beach Games' YouTube channel, um, you can find... Juan separated them into just decks so you can look up, you know, the fires deck or the mono red deck or, you know, whatever you can just look at the adventures deck. You can just look them up one by one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, episode 62 is the challenger deck episode. Nope. We're in 62 right now. Oh gosh. Okay. So it'd been episode 60. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was episode 60. Sorry, I was looking at the uh, at the iTunes list, and it has 62 because we have some unnumbered episodes in here. Oh, yeah, we do. So, yeah, I blame technology. I'm not dumb. <laughs> Maybe I am. Likely story. All right, so we're going to talk uh, Arena, and we're going to talk about the stuff that we skipped on last week. Yep. So they had a new State of the Game announcement. Um, mm-hmm. It's like... Two weeks ago now? Week and a half? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it's like a week and a half ago at this point. So there's a real push for uh, Historic. Mm-hmm. It's going on right now because yeah. we're a week and a half late. <laughs> yeah. So, but they're they're really putting a focus on Historic yeah. in the next month or so. So yeah. first there was the new Historic Anthology. Mm-hmm. So we got 30, 30 new cards, 32 new cards. Something like that. That yeah. They have Knight of the Reliquary, Thalia, mm-hmm. Bajukabog, Ghost Quarter. All the cycling lands, right? Forgotten oh. Cave, Baron Moor, Tranquil Thicket. Yep. All the cycling Secluded lands. Step, Lonely Sandbar? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then um, what are some of the other cards that they had? Oh, gosh, I forget. You got Ghost Quarter? Got Ghost Quarter, because I played Ghost Quarter last night. Uh, Maelstrom Pulse. Oh yeah, that's a good one. The Frog, or that was that was a Brawl Commander. That wasn't for this, right? Yeah, Get Rock Monster. Yep. So a bunch of different cards that are putting a bunch of different archetypes into uh, historic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Pleasant Kenobi had a video for basically like historic Nick Fit. Yeah, like Nick Fit slash Maverick. Maverick. So here we yeah. go. I have the list. Nick Sleece Ram, Ranger of Eos, Sigil of the Empty Throne, Thalia, Mirror Regery to make El uh, to make Merfolk reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inexorable Tide, which I don't know who wants that card. 
Nobody. Bra- Brain Maggot. Okay. Pack Rat. Oh, who wants Furry- that? Everyone wants Pack Rat. Yeah. <laughs> Furulent Plague. Okay. Uh, to combat the Pack Rats? Or uh, the fact that they have Field of the Dead in the format. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Uh, Waste Knot. Okay. Dragon Master Outcast. Goblin Rune Blaster. I don't even know what that one does. Uh, it's a 2-1 for 3 uh, with haste and kicker red. And if it is kicked, destroy a non-basic land. Oh, okay. Ancestral Mask. Mm-hmm. Terravore. Okay. Knight of the Reliquary. Maelstrom Pulse. Meddling Mage. Ooh, that's a good one. Platinum Angel. Oh, boy. We can Madcap Platinum Angel. Oh, no, we don't have Madcap. We don't have Madcap yet. Baron Moore, Bajukovog, all the lands that we mentioned. Yep. And that's it. So I played a little historic rank yesterday. Did you? I played against infinite treasure hunts. Oh, boy. Like I had opponents mulligan to one looking Fun for treasure hunt. land treasure hunt. He mulliganed what's to a, one and kept an island. What's, what are you treasure hunting? Into Jace? Now into Thassa's Oracle. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was like. Because the deck used to be like. It was zombie hunt, right? Zombie infestation. Yeah, the historic deck was Jays. It was yeah. four and a J, four treasure hunts and a Jays, mm-hmm. and then uh, now it's Thassa's Oracle. For mm-hmm. some reason, my opponent had two Thassa's Oracles. I was very confused. I was like, "No, you don't know." No. Yeah, that doesn't seem correct. Just the one, please. Yes, and I played against like a ridiculous Field of the Dead deck. I was playing Field of the Dead with like Knight of the Reliquary. And mm-hmm. I played against someone who was on Dryad of the Elysium Grove, Wayward Swordtooth, Ooh. and Escape the Wilds. Oh, boy. That's a fun one. It had a Crucible of Worlds so they could get their cycling lands back. Oh, yeah. It was great. They made yeah, it seems 40, pretty good. They made like 40 zombies with their escape shift. Yes. I got out-zombied. <laughs> I was like, oh, my, my Night of the... Reliquary looks awful. <laughs> so, do you miss that from standard? Yeah, no, I, that's the deck I put together. I put together <laughs> Bant Scapeshift. Yeah. Yeah. So, it gives you some more to do, but mm-hmm. my uh, my bottom note here is it doesn't really matter because no one cares about this format. Basically. When, when I read the state of the game, what I got out of the whole big historic section was we're working on this to make it closer to Pioneer so we can get Pioneer on here. Yeah. That was kind of like the tone that they had. Yeah. Now, I don't understand if you do that why you put a bunch of not Pioneer cards in it. But, you know, what do I know? Well, baby steps. Yeah. So they're doing the historic ranked cues. They're doing Mm -hmm. a historic popper. Okay. When's that start? I don't know. We don't have it in the show notes. Yeah. Sorry. I did a really bad job. Uh, that's fine. I'm, I wasn't trying to throw it under the bus. That's, uh, no, you can throw me under the bus. Historic Popper is 28th to April 4th. Okay, there we go. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. So we have Historic Popper, and then there's a Historic Challenge. So mm-hmm. I think they're trying to get people to care about this, or at least dump, mon- dump money into some cards so when Pioneer comes around, people yeah. have some more random cards. Yep. I think it's a fun format, change of pace from standard, but... No, not something that you're going to want to devote a whole lot of time to because it's not going to translate to anywhere else. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, we're like creeping up on a Korea pre-release. 
like we're probably only a couple weeks away from spoilers, right? Yeah, it's it's getting there. And like standards starting to get a little stale. There's not very much innovation in the format. You're really only seeing, you know, the same decks over and over. So it's kind of nice for a pellet cleanser once in a while. Yeah, they uh so the release date of Aquaria is April 24th. So beginning oh, of okay. April. Oh, okay. So we got yep. So yeah, beginning like two April. weeks. Yep. Probably. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's crazy that we're two weeks from that. Yep. An interesting thing that they mentioned on Arena Decklist it was like no one's really there's no focus on standard anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be that you could like watch the metagame change week to week where like someone would win a tournament and then stuff would happen in the SEG and then yeah. that would you would churn to the next week. And now mm-hmm. no one pays attention to standard and paper. It's all all the it's innovation all, yeah. happens on arena. Yeah. And it's happening on the ladder, but you just don't see it as much. Because, well, it's like, because n- none of it's getting covered. recorded anywhere. Well, yeah. yeah, that too. Like there's no, you know, Wizards isn't putting out deck lists. Yeah, so, so you're not the only seeing thing the you get, change. Yeah, the only thing you get is, you know, our data when we do our data sheets and, you know, people posting deck lists on Twitter. But that's really the only way you get to see, like, actually what the differences in the decks are. Yeah. So next up is very exciting. Yeah, I'm sure it's something that you are extremely excited about. Um, after this weekend, I am also pretty excited. But It's Cube coming to Arena. Yeah. So these will be like phantom drafts? Or I guess they're sealed, right? They're phantom sealed because they can't do eight-person drafts yet. We'll get to that in a second. So yep. they're doing Cube sealed, and it is from all cards that are like currently on Arena. Mm-hmm. So... It's a smaller card pool, but it should still be interesting. Yeah, it also includes both historic anthologies. Yeah. So it's all of the sets that have been on Arena plus the two historic sets. Yeah, but the cube draft is the um, kind of the exciting thing, or the cube sealed, and then Mm -hmm. they're going to turn it into... A draft once they finish up the eight-man pods? Yes, so they're working on eight-man queues so that they can then do actual cube on Arena. On Arena, yeah. I'm hoping that they get to, like... The Holiday Cube? The Holiday Cube on Arena. Or yeah. at least whatever version of it they can do without blowing up their rules engine. Right. So we, we just kind of cavalierly mentioned that the cube seals were phantom? Yeah. So what does we that should mean? should probably clarify what that actually means. So... If, like on Magic Online, when you do either a Phantom Sealed or a Phantom Draft, what you're paying for is the experience of the draft and whatever prize support you get at the end. You don't actually get to keep the cards, or the cards don't get added to your collection after your draft is over. Yeah, so it's just you pay for the experience and mm-hmm. the cards just go away. Go away. Yeah, so, they don't, don't uh, actually exist anywhere. Yeah, usually these cubes are really, like, rare and mythic-heavy. So mm-hmm. if, like, you were actually getting these cards, the rate that they would have to charge you to kind of... Keep the economy correct? Yeah, it would be super high. Yeah. Right, they would have to charge you, like, 30 bucks a cube sealed because they're giving you, yeah, right. you know, a bajillion rare wild cards, effectively. Yeah, I mean, if you watched any of, uh, like, the Holiday Cube on Magic Online, like, on Twitch or whatever, 
like over Christmas time, you know, there were packs that were four or five rares in them, like two pieces of power plus, you know, a mythic and a rare. Yeah. Um, they're just insane. It's not doable. No. So that's what, that's part of the reason why they're, they're phantom, but Mm -hmm. it is, hopefully will be a good experience. They've done a pretty good job with their cubes on magic online. There's only been like, a couple cubes, like one I can think of that has just kind of like been eh. Yeah. And but all the other ones have been really good. So this should be a good experience. Good. And I hope it is. Yeah. And it's good to see that they have like doing eight person drafts is something that they're pushing towards. They're like, we're gonna do this until we get the eight person draft soon. Yeah. I don't I don't exactly know how far away they are from the draft because I know at one point four worlds they said that they were going to do the arena drafts on arena now i don't know what happened to make them push to doing you know the drafts in paper instead i don't know what was wrong with the program but i mean worlds was like a month ago now so i don't actually know how far like away the eight-man drafts are they may be closer than we think hopefully hopefully because that'll get a lot of people off of magic online mm-hmm. doing their drafts to getting them back on arena. Cause a lot of people don't feel like the bot drafts are a good representation of draft. No, they're definitely not. Um, that also would probably spell the end for magic online though. Cause like if everybody just drafts on arena, the economy is going to be all sorts of out of whack on magic online. You're yeah. never going to be able to get new cards. Yeah. Just because they will never, no, no one will ever open them. Right. Which means that, like any format that has a deck that plays newer cards, just like isn't going to be able to exist because the cards don't exist. Yeah, I mean, and with how new cards have been, it'll be all the formats. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like two hundred dollar euros on Magic Online, I think, is a, a bridge most people won't cross. Yeah, I mean, even like Arclight, Arclight Phoenix, when like that was the new set, Arclight Phoenixes were a hundred dollars on Magic Online. Yeah, and that's not reasonable right another feature that supposedly is already here i guess right is messaging yeah i haven't tried it out yet neither Um, have i it only works with your friends and only when you're both out of a game i think yeah i don't think it tells you if you're in a game or not right but it only works if you're not in a game like otherwise it just never comes up yeah but like you don't know like is this person ghosting me or they right. in a game. It doesn't actually right. let you know what's going on. So that that probably still has some work. And then uh, they they did mention something about I play with my emotes off, so I I don't even know if this is a thing or not. But they must they mentioned something about changing the emotes so that if somebody emotes you, you'll now have like selected responses to whatever emote they used. Yeah, you have like uh, you have emote appropriate responses yes that's what it was yep yeah you'll be like oh hey they said nice play so i can respond thank you good game scrub (laughs) yeah they don't give you that one (laughs) yeah probably not yeah uh they don't they don't give you the like the good game too early and then you get the got them when you (laughs) when you beat them yeah they're like good game and you're like settle the wreckage oh no (laughs) Got him. Got him. <laughs> That'd be great. 
That would be great, especially as an emote. Thanks, Wizards. You're the best. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, lastly, uh, they still seem to be working towards getting Pioneer on Arena. Yeah. Like like I said, the general theme of the whole historic discussion kind of led me to believe that they really want historic just to be Pioneer. Um, they just can't do it in a timely manner, so they had to call it something else. Like I said, I, I really don't think that anything said that right outright. That was just kind of the feeling I got reading through it, like reading between the lines. Yeah. They'd be kind of stupid not to. Yeah, I also think that we have to realize that they were not um, prepared for how popular Pioneer was going to be. Well, I don't think they were prepared for how popular Arena was going to be either. Yeah, they got they got surprised it. Yeah, on both fronts. Yeah. So I think they thought like, oh, we'll have more time to do this, and then like, the oh the, no, there's there's no time. <laughs> yeah, the yeah the arena cash register was ringing, and they were like, I guess we'll put all this money in our pockets. Yeah, how can we fit more money in our pockets? Let's let's make these pockets bigger. Yeah, let's let's figure out something here. Quick, yeah. give them some other cards. <laughs> that that will make them give us more money. Yeah. Uh, quick, print fetchlands. Oh, why'd yeah. you have to go yeah. there at the end of the episode? We're doing so good. I'm sorry. Sorry. No data to talk about this week because... The world's I, been on fire. Sorry. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I was working on my house and did not um, get the thing up until late. And uh, it's just it's just been a week, man. Uh, yeah. No, so I 100% agree. We'll, it has been a week. I will try to be on the ball and get the updated list up, uh, the updated sheet up today. Or I'll just okay. like take the one that we have and roll it into next week. Yeah. Like just like extend it a week so we can kind of get, cause we have nine games in there right now, nine matches right now. So I don't want to okay. just throw those away. So we'll just make it a little bit longer. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so yeah. So I think that is an episode. Everyone's, that is an episode. Everyone stay inside. Yep. Don't go out. Even don't if your podcast, even if your podcast host is a mile away. <laughs> this does feel super weird but i know you're like literally a mile down the road yeah in a in a dark room because i forgot to turn on the light when i started this and now it's dark oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting in my chair so yeah i, I my chair is in my attic because i'm getting ready to paint this room <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's rough fun times yeah so uh with that if you want to uh uh, tweet us fun pictures of your self-quarantine and social distancing. Sure. You can get at us at, at Casual Tripod. Yep. Uh, you can get a hold of us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can shoot us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Get a hold of us. We had a ton of not just our new patrons, but a ton of people in general uh, get a hold of us over the last like two weeks, and it's awesome yeah i love some, seeing uh comments from you guys tweet decks at us yeah and stuff like that so yeah it's been it's been good really cool nice to see that we are appreciated yeah so keep it up uh like i said any questions any ideas for shows um anything you guys in particular want to hear about get at us use our tcg affiliate link if you're planning on buying singles online tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com if you would like to join Jason and uh, oh, I lost it. Bradley, Was that Bradley. It? Yes, if you would like to join Jason and Bradley and be a patron, Brady. Um, it's Brady. Brady. Yep, there you go. 
check out our Patreon at MTG. And I guess we're probably not going to see you at FNM this week. Well, we'll catch you on Arena. We'll catch you on Arena. Oh, yeah, that's what we can do. I think that post is still up on Facebook if you want to, uh, you know, share your username. and. Yeah, I can try to like retweet money. it. I can try to, like, tweet it out or move it around or something or yeah. just start it up again. Yeah, and if mes- messaging's working on there, you can hit us both up on there. There you go. So we'll we'll catch you on Arena. <laughs>